Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Adrian Ross Show. And I am, of course, your host, Adrian Ross. And do I have an episode for you today? It's important because it's becoming increasingly relevant in the lives of people I know, and I am sure in the lives of people you know. This is a day and time when people are starting to think about how they want to invest their time and invest their careers. And many people are contemplating, even if they haven't done it yet, they're contemplating career shifts. It's a really huge topic for people. And some people you know may have made the leap, changed careers, and others sit around thinking about it. And some just can't even fathom the idea, even though there's something inside that's pulling them in that direction. Well, today I'm going to share a little bit about my story and I'm then going to transition into what not to think, what not to allow to be the deciding factor in this issue of changing career. So settle in with me, take notes if you have to, But I want you to zone in on something that I imagine has crossed the minds of a plethora of you listening at some point in your life. And hopefully my story, hopefully the principles, the ideas that I share will help you as you decide what it is you need to do for your life so that you can be happy or that you can fulfill your purpose. So without further ado, let's just dive in to this topic and let's start with my story. As many of you know, I was an English teacher in the state of New York for nearly two decades. I was actually in my 18th year of teaching seventh grade English language arts. Now understand that when I was born, My Aunt Mary said to my mother, name her Adrian because she's going to be a school teacher. And I share this story a lot when I speak because it just is fascinating. Like what in the world does being named Adrian have to do with being a teacher? I don't know. I don't know. And you know, my Aunt Mary is gone now. And I never asked her why being named Adrian had anything to do with the teacher. I don't know. Maybe she knew a teacher whose name was Adrian. I don't know. All I know is that that was what she said. From the beginning, I was going to be a school teacher. And I was sort of groomed and pushed in that direction. I didn't want anything to do with being a teacher. I was going to be many things, one of which was an actress. I was going to be an actress. And when I would hear, oh, you're going to be a teacher, because at a very young age, I was was editing my Aunt Alma's papers that she was writing when she was going to college in her later in her adult years and and I was really good at it and I was good at I was good at, at English I was good at writing all those things and I enjoyed it but I didn't want to be a teacher I wanted to be an actress and I was dissuaded from that that's a story for another day as to why I was so vehemently discouraged from pursuing that although I was I was good at acting but she's going to be a school teacher. And it wasn't until 
my undergrad college years were almost over, that I embraced that. And I, I embraced that calling. I truly do believe that it was a calling for me. And I still teach, even though I no longer teach from the classroom after nearly two decades. And again, I can talk about that another time. But I was groomed to go in that direction and I was good at it. I had great relationships with my students. I still have great relationships with many of them who are adults today. There was a gift that I had. Kids loved me. I was a cool teacher. I could command the attention of a room by by reading literature or or just facilitating discussion. It was and remains a gift that God has given me. I'm not patting myself on the back. It just is what it is. It just was what it was. But I knew even in the beginning of my career that I would never retire from teaching. And what I mean by that is that I knew in my knower, as they say, that God was going to move me in a different direction at some point. I couldn't necessarily tell you what that would have been, but I just knew that at some point I would transition to something else. It was just there. But in the meantime, I did what I do or I did what I did. So I wasn't going to last that long, but as time went on in my career, more and more, I began to feel like I needed to move on. Some of it has to do with the change in, in children, children, cha- children change. And there became this mindset I felt of, of this entitlement and, and lack of respect in, in, in many ways. And, and all the stuff that comes with, with working with young people in particular and working within a system And I was not feeling that toward the later years of my career, but no one was going to drive me out of what I was called to do at that time. But I began to sense that it was getting closer to time to go. And I began to get very antsy. Now, this is my story as a teacher, but I imagine many of you are are experiencing that where you are, whatever your career or your job is. It was such a nudge though, that I began to sense that I was experiencing what I call divine discontent. See, some of us will never make a leap. Some of us will never step out unless we become extremely uncomfortable where we are. And then that becomes what drives us to where we may need to go. I began to feel that divine discontent and I began to know that it was getting closer and it wasn't happening fast enough for me. Loved my students, loved the literature we taught, but I, I knew I had to go. I knew that it was time. It was approaching. And someone described it to me as, as being like a woman who's pregnant and about to give birth there's this discomfort all of a sudden you you just you can't seem to fit in your in your skin like you like you used to like you want to and i still i still had passion for what i what i did but it it wasn't the same and and i was i, I made up in a certain way and in a certain passion and a certain there's just a certain something where 
maybe no one else would have been able to tell the difference. But what I would say is that I can tell the difference. And if I can tell the difference, I know we're getting, we're getting closer. I, I don't need to hang out here too much longer when I can tell the difference. So that was, that was my story. And I, I, I'm one of those people, I don't like to make moves without being sure. Some people always jump ahead of everything and they just, they're, they're just, uh, spontaneous to, to a fault. And so sometimes they mess things up because they're too quick to move. And I'm not like that. If anything, I might be on the other end of the spectrum. I want to know that I know that I know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I want to pray about it. And I want to seek counsel. I want to do all those things that I'll, that I'll mention in a moment or a little bit down the line here in this, in this episode. So I wanted to be sure So I just kind of hung out and I didn't know what else exactly I was going to go to. I just knew it was something and maybe that's you or maybe you do know what it is that you want to do, but you haven't taken a step yet. And maybe you haven't taken a step because you're expecting certain things. And if those things don't show up, or if those things aren't your reality, then your assumption has been that, that it's not for you to make the drastic move. But I'm going to share with you today five, five things that do not indicate that you should not change careers. Five things we often think suggest that we better not move forward to something else. But they're not, they're not accurate. They're not ways to gauge what it is you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes people, they'll bring you a, a lesson. They bring you an episode. They bring you, this is what you, this is what has to be. These are the five things that, to make you know. Well, I'm not talking about those things today. I'm talking about five things that are not keys to your decision-making and how you're going to take your future. But back to, to my story, this divine discontent. Then one day it was close to school, the school year starting again. And it was the summer of 2013. And I was away visiting, visiting a friend in the state I now live in. And I said to the friend on the phone, I was visiting a friend, but I was speaking to a friend back home on the phone. And I said, I said, the thought of going back to school makes me want to crawl in a fetal position. And when I say going back to school, I mean as, as a teacher. And it was just a month, maybe, until school was about to start again. I said, the thought of going back makes me want to crawl into a fetal position she said, oh, my goodness. And she went on to really encourage me to look into some things and get out if that's how you feel. So I made a decision that I was going to pursue that. And again, I do nothing major without prayer, godly counsel, And just to sort of jump to the end of the story, I I soon knew this is the time. But I had to start the school year because I was in the amount of days of the notice that you're supposed to give as a teacher. And 
So if I had made up my mind sooner, I would have, I would have resigned and I would not, uh, I would not have started the school year, but the date being what it was, I, I did start. And so I had to leave early in the school year. I left in October in New York. We started in, in September after Labor Day. I left in, in October and, uh, and, and thus began a new, a new season of my life. And I still remember when I went into the superintendent's office sometime after school started and I handed her my letter and, uh, and I remember just the look on her face as she closed the door and, and, and we talked and, and again, I was good at what I, as, at what I did. And, and, and so she didn't want me to go. That was clear. And she told me later that if she thought it would have helped, <laughs> she would have tried to convince me to stay. But she said, I could look in your eyes and tell that it would, be, it would have been pointless. And she's right, because I didn't go until I knew. I didn't, I didn't decide this until I knew. I didn't write a letter of resignation until I knew that I knew that I knew. And then I moved forward into this season of my life. Now, I wanted to share that with you to, sh- to share that, you know, it's, um, it wasn't a situation where I was running away from anything. I was running to something. It wasn't a situation where I was bad at my job. It wasn't a situation where the superintendent was ushering me out the door. This was a situation where, you know, I was just, I was, I was good at what I did. Um, but it was time for me to go. So I did. Now, here are some keys for you, whatever your job is, whatever your career is. Maybe you've been thinking about doing something different, but you've allowed these five areas to keep you where you are. And I want to say that this or these are not these are not the deal breakers. These five things are not, the, you, you can't base your future on these things. And many people are doing just that. And as a result, they're just staying where they are because they have these misconceptions. So let's jump into them. Number one, this is not how you gauge whether you're going to change your job or career. And this is being young. Now, some people say that change of career thing, that's for the young people. That's for the young folk. They're young enough to take that kind of risk. But you don't have to be young. To make a decision like that. I'm too old to to change my career now. Why? Why are you allowing your age, that number, to determine whether you're going to step out and take a chance to pursue your passion, to pursue your purpose, if you will? Why? I wasn't young. 
Not not in the in the scheme of things of those people who entered their career and then, you know, by the time they're 25 or, you know, they they know this I, I want to do something different. I'm young, let me do this. No. I was I was in my 40s already. I was already I was 43 when I resigned. And so one would say, oh my goodness, that's kind of old. You just, you don't even have that many more years to go to retirement. I'm nearly 20 years into this thing, y'all. And so if I was going to gauge it on age, if I'm on gauge based on age, then I would be still there doing that. Even though I felt to do something else. And some of you are doing the same thing. Oh man, I'm too old. I'm too old now. Well, you know, whatever age you are, no matter what you're doing, in 10 years, you're going to be 10 years older. You're either going to be 10 years older doing the same thing that you feel you should not be doing any longer and not pursuing your passion, or you're going to be 10 years older doing the thing that you really are feeling to do. Either way, you're going to be 10 years older. So you might as well be 10 years older doing the thing you feel to do rather than being stuck because you're not young. So if you were thinking that youth was the determining factor of whether or not you should change careers and take that step to do what you're passionate about, scratch that. It's not the issue. Number two, this is a big one. Many people feel that if they're supposed to change the direction of their lives, their jobs, their careers, then there has to be no fear in the process or no emotional discomfort. It's just not true. Now, when I say fear, I'm not talking about shaking and quaking and an absolute paralyzing, uh, paralyzing fear. I'm talking about the fact that there are people who think I would be totally, totally comfortable I would feel no apprehension. If this is what I'm supposed to do, this change, then I'm going to feel absolutely wonderful about it and I'm not going to sense any fear. And that is what I'm going to use to gauge my decision. I'm telling you that that is not the determining factor. I do believe there needs to be a sense of peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's not the same as not having apprehension. You see, I remember the story of Jasmine Guy, the actress. You may remember her from a different world. Whitley Gilbert. But Jasmine Guy shares the story of how she wanted to audition for Chicago. She had fear about it. And she said it finally hit her. Okay, be afraid. Be afraid and do Chicago. (laughs) So they're not mutually exclusive. And I've resorted to thinking about that many times in my life. Okay, be afraid. Be afraid and do. You know, I want to try this. I want to speak here. I want to travel here. I want to go on. But I'm okay. So, so, so you're afraid and. And again, I'm not talking about shaking and quaking fear where you can't move and, you know, there's a level of peace there, but there's still a certain amount of what we call fear. And I'm going to call apprehension. There's a certain amount of, of, of emotional discomfort. Why? Because you're human. 
I, I was doing what I was doing for like 18 years. I don't know how long you've been doing what you're doing, but I don't care if it's five years or five days or 15 years or 50. There's a certain level of discomfort when you're taking a chance, taking a risk. Maybe you're opening a business. Maybe you're closing a business. Maybe you're going to change the state you live in or the country you live in. Whatever it is. Do not say, I'm going to stay in this spot that I feel I'm supposed to move out of until I feel no apprehension whatsoever. I, until I feel no emotional discomfort. If you do that, you're never going to do anything that you're feeling called to do. Because you're human. This is what teaching was all that I knew. I told you what my Aunt Mary said. She's going to be a school teacher. And even though I was basically through college when I decided to embrace that, it still was all that I knew. I was still making a huge, huge decision in my life. And let me tell you the difference in my situation and some other people's situations. Some people, they've got their, they've got another job waiting. And that wasn't the case for me. And I'm going to talk about that when I get to another, another level of, of this, these five, these five areas that are not the indicators. But I want to say that right now, there was, I obviously had some apprehension because my situation was not fully set up and I'll get back to that. So again, it's not about not feeling what we call fear or apprehension. It's not about having no emotional discomfort. If you're looking for that, no, 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 scratch it. That's next one. Number three, how not to determine whether you should change your career. Having everyone's approval. See, we like the approval of people. We like when people validate what we're feeling. And there should be some key people we trust who can speak into our lives, who've earned the right to speak into our lives. Absolutely. But if your decision to change your life and your career is based on everyone's approval, you need the majority of people to pat you on the back. No, that is not how you gauge what you need to be doing because there are going to be people who are just not going to get it. They're not going to understand how you can be good at what you do, or you could have been doing something for so long or you could be 43 years old or older or younger or whatever. And that you're absolutely contemplating doing something so major. They don't get it. And if you're expecting their approval before you move, you may never move. When I say move, I mean move forward. You're not going to have everyone's approval. Don't look for it. Okay. If some people don't get it, they're not risk takers, they wouldn't do it and they wouldn't do it for a number of reasons. They wouldn't do it because they are fearful. They wouldn't do it because they don't mind being unhappy. They wouldn't do it because they haven't recognized their sense of purpose. And some of them would tell you not to do it because of the fact that they wouldn't do it. And some people wouldn't tell you to do it because they're jealous 
Because they don't want you to move forward. Hmm. They wouldn't do it. And they don't get it. And if you're looking to them before you make your decision, you're in trouble. Because they'll never give you the approval. In my situation, I had people who were like, wow, that's great. I wish I could. I wish I could do it, what you're doing. I did have a lot of people who were very, they, they, were, they thought it was an admirable decision. Some thought it was an admirable decision, but said they couldn't do it. Oh, man. But if I had kids, if I didn't have kids, I'd do it. If I didn't have, you know, if I, if I, you know, and I'm, and I'm thinking, well, what, is, what does that mean? And they're like, well, I, I got kids I got to take care of and I've got to eat. And I'm thinking, well, you don't think I eat? You know, you don't think this is a risk for me? I got to eat too. And it's obvious I like to eat. So it's a risk for everyone involved, no matter your, no matter what situation you're in. So some people just are not going to give you that approval. And that should not be the deciding factor. There are some people who have wisdom and direction for your, for your life that have earned the right and the respect to speak into your life. And you have to listen to those people and consider. But to try to get a majority of people to, to think that you're sane in your decision, forget it. <laughs> and some are going to think you're downright crazy to leave what you're doing and do something that's a risk. Take that chance. So that is not how you decide. Just not. Number four, this is also how not to decide. And I want you to listen to me very, very carefully because this can be tricky. And this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago about not necessarily having everything lined up. If you're waiting for all your ducks to be in a row, you may be waiting forever. Having all ducks in a row is not necessarily the way to gauge your decision to grab a hold of your life, grab a hold of your future, grab a hold of your passion and go for it. For me, and listen carefully, I didn't even have a job lined up yet. When I resigned, you want to talk about a leap of faith. I didn't have a job. And hear me, I do not typically recommend, I do not recommend that unless you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I knew that this was what I was supposed to be doing. Even though I had some apprehension, even there's though that there's that that uh, you know that 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 appre- that apprehension that that what if what if this doesn't work out what that the risk taking it, it's real y'all it's real okay and so I don't have my ducks in a row <laughs> yeah it's really real. I didn't have a job. I had, when I decided to do that, there was not like anything was there waiting. Now, as I took a leap, as I took a step and made the decision that this was going to be, some things begin to sort of something, my current full-time position as an editor begin to unfold. But that was, it was still not a done deal. And it was not before I made my decision to resign. 
I was just going to just operate on whatever I had at my at my disposal in terms of, of finances. And I was not just leaving my profession. Listen, I was leaving. I made the decision to leave the only home that I had ever known, which was New York. That's where all the family is. And I was going to leave and go to the Midwest, to Southeast Missouri, where I now am, without a job lined up. Again, I don't recommend this unless you know. But it was not, it could not be my deciding factor because if having a job lined up was going to be my, my decide was going to be my deciding factor, I would not have turned in the resignation. I would not have taken the step. And I moved. I moved. I mean, I did this, and this was quick. This was quick. But I knew it was coming. And I had I had prayed, like I said, and I had sought godly counsel. So when I say all ducks in a row, I was not un, I didn't have an unteachable spirit. I didn't have a, a spirit that said no one can tell me anything. I sought the advice of, of my pastors. You know, I prayed and had other people praying. I was willing to have the people I trust speak into my life. I was willing to submit to their authority in my life, the authority I, I was willing to place myself under. So I wasn't just some rogue rebel just rushing off, but I didn't have all my ducks in a row. But I did have prayer and I did have faith. And I had had some, some words from people along the way. And I remember a, 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 a minister saying to me, and I didn't know him, and he didn't know anything about my story as I was contemplating a change of career close to the time for me to leave, uh, teach, close to the time that I left teaching. I didn't know when. I don't know if it was a year or two years prior. But I know he had said, when God speaks, move quickly. So I had a sense that it was going to be really, really quick <laughs> whenever it did finally happen. And I had another uh, pastor say that God was going to dislocate, he was going to dislocate me to relocate me. And that was something that I held on to. There was in the, and the dislocate was, was the, that discomfort, you know, maybe that, that, that like the woman who is about to give birth, that discomfort, but I began to sense that really heavily. So I knew that it was coming, but I didn't have the ducks in a row. I didn't have another job waiting at the time. I didn't have a place that I was going to live when I moved that far. And yet what I decided, I believe in August, school started in September. I submitted the resignation in September. I resigned. My last day was in October. And on November 1st, I was on the road. You hear, you talk about moving quickly. I was on the road with all the stuff that I didn't give away or didn't sell or whatever and headed, what, about a 19-hour drive away. And I was going to stay with a friend, which is what I did. My friend, Christy, where I stayed for about 10 months before I got my own place. But the ducks were not in a row. What about you? If If that's your way to gauge, you may miss it. And I'm not trying to be, I'm not talking about being sloppy. I'm not talking about quitting a job when you don't have anything else. You know, 
And you know what? Let me say this. I'm not even talking about running from something. Remember, we're not running from. You're walking into, into your destiny, into your purpose, into your passion. Some people, some people don't, some people's motives are wrong. And they're just trying to avoid difficulty, avoid stress, avoid the things that come with any career. So you have to be willing to monitor your motives and and understand that, you know, you're going to have issues in any situation. You're going to have, even when you're pursuing your passion, things happen. It's tough. So maybe that's a bonus there. You know, the ease, the e, e, being easy is not the way to decide. Well, this is easier. Well, that may not be the way to decide either, or this is hard. So I can't, you know, I was going to throw that out as a bonus. But the bottom line is your ducks may not be in a row. Are you willing to take the risk if you're sure that this is something that you want to pursue without everything lining up beforehand? And here's my fifth way of not deciding, not gauging, the way not to gauge what you should do. Now, this is going to be huge for some of you. Because you're not necessarily leaving one thing and then walking into more, I'm going to say that word, it's an M word, not necessarily going into more money. Oh, now some people definitely don't want to consider that because it's all about the money. It's all about the money. Now, you have to weigh that. You have to decide what you value most. It may be less money. You may walk away from more, from making more money to making less money because you value maybe your time over money or you value that passion over money. Now, I'm a firm believer in the blessings of God and in prosperity. So I'm always expecting to move up. What I'm saying is that sometimes wealth is measured in other ways besides dollars and cents. And you have to determine that. But you can't always look at the money as the end. Well, if this was for me to do, then I would, it would be more money. And that may be. And I'm all for it. And that's the way I like it. But that's not the way it happened for me. I mean, I took thousands of dollars less to do what I eventually did. And the new job, when I say the editing job, that was not my dream job, but it opened the door for me to then step into what I'm doing now. And even then, I, wasn't, I didn't know I was going to be doing some of the things I'm, I'm doing now. But I did know that I wanted to be out and about using the gift to inspire and to speak and to motivate, to go into schools, to do, to do various, to go to various events and speak and encourage and inspire and all, all those, all those kinds of things. It wasn't the editing job that I was, that I was leaving my teaching for, but it was, it was a means, it was income. And then also to start this business And then to expand even in just recent years and to constantly grow. 
But my job that I got, the, the full-time job, is a lot, a lot of less money. But you know what? I've been better off since leaving teaching, especially leaving New York with the crazy taxes. So you can't necessarily gauge it. I'm not saying you have to take a pay cut. God bless you. If you don't, I love that. That I, I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally about that. But I'm saying you can't gauge that. You can't use that as, well, if it's not more money, then it's not right. No, it, it's, that's not how you gauge. So we have got to have a, a mind shift. If you're going to fulfill your purpose, and I can only share my story, my experience, and things that I've observed. If you're going to move forward, if you're going to take a chance, and I encourage you with, again, prayer and godly counsel, I encourage you to do yourself a favor so that you live without regret. I encourage you to to think on these things and not say, well, one day, Maybe if I'm so inclined and this, 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 all those things line up and then, you know, this, this, and then it's another five things that have to line up and another 10 things that have to line up and another 20. And then, you know, this, this reminds me of the law of diminishing intent. The law of diminishing intent, intent says the longer we take to do the thing that we know we should do, the least likely we are to do it. And for many of us, if you've passed that, if you're not young anymore, if you feel some apprehension at the risk, if you don't have everyone's approval, if all your ducks are not in a row, and if you don't have the promise of more money right now, notice I said right now because it can come later. That's the plan. That's the hope, right? But if, that, if all those five things don't line up, then you don't want to hear the story. You don't want to hear the story of what could be because you're trapped by those things that have to line up that I'm telling you don't have to line up. I'm in better shape, better financial situation than, than I was. And not only that, now I have the opportunity to walk my passion and my purpose. I'm not even I'm not fully there yet. I'm still on the journey. That's why I say being young has nothing to do with it. I'm now 50. And look, I am still moving forward. That's why you don't have to be young because it's a constant journey of moving forward. And that doesn't stop when after you're 25 or 30. You can do it, but you might have to have this shift, this mindset shift that allows you to step forward. You have to be willing to take a risk. So that you may live without regret. And you have to change your question from what if I fail to what if I succeed. And you deserve that. So in this season where I'm seeing a lot of people who are finding ways to turn their, their, even their hobbies and their passions into, into, their, into a career. Or people who are saying, you know what, enough of doing what I'm not happy doing. I'm ready to do something else. Or 
They are happy doing it, but I feel called to do something else. I'll always be a teacher. It's in my blood. It's, it's who I am. It just looks different. I do leadership training for churches and businesses and organizations and individuals and keynote speaking and, and, and all kinds of things from Adrian Ross Communications. And also as a John Maxwell certified speaker, trainer and coach. I'll always be a teacher, though, but I was willing to take that step and not let those five things hold me back so that I could walk in that purpose and reach even more people. I was blessed to pour into hundreds of children, hundreds of 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 uh, started out in high school and then junior high hundreds. And now I continue to do that with many, 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 many more. So I hope that you got something out of this and I hope that I inspired you to consider where you are and where you want to be and what not to what you should not allow to keep you where you are. Those thoughts, those quote unquote principles that have to be in alignment for you to move. No, those are how you not determine. You have to determine what it is that drives you forward, that compels you to move forward into your destiny so that you can be everything, everything that you can be and should be. So thank you for joining me for this important episode of the Adrian Ross show. I appreciate the support. Please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you have not subscribed leave a rating and a review that would really, really be helpful. Check out adrianrosscom.com, my website, adrianrosscolumn.com, adrianrossacademy.com. Yes, we have a lot going on. And if you want to leave me an email, adrianrosscom at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me and God bless you abundantly. The Adrian Ross Show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of The Adrian Ross Show at thebmgnetwork.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.